Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Mike Rowe here with a radical idea. If you want to see more companies make more things in this country, buy more things from more companies who make things in this country. I refer in this case to the incredible t-shirts, sweatshirts, blue jeans, and more made by my friends at American Giant. Everything American Giant makes is made in the United States. And right now, you can take 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com slash Mike. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. Hello, welcome to Tag Talk. It's been a while because things happen, but that's fine. My name is Kylie. This is Haley. And it's been a big week in wrestling. I think there's a lot to talk about. Of course, the big story is the bloodline coming out of the Royal Rumble. What's Jay Uso doing? What's Sammy Sammy Uso? I Sammy Uso. Uso. not anymore anymore. anymore. r.i.p but that's fine because you know what cody rose won the world rumble question mark i didn't maybe i was naive and not seeing that coming but that's okay we have a lot to get through so thank you guys for joining us um Haley, how have you been i've been good you know had to take a week off i was a little burnt out Kylie kind of forced me to take a break, but it's fine. But also, I was going to say, something feels really weird about this setup, and I just realized it's because I'm on your side and you're on my side. We switched. I don't like that. <laughs> um, that's fine. Um, but next time I want my spot, but that's okay. I am super burnt out, but I'm so excited to be here and talk about all this news with you guys. So... I think the first thing we should talk about, maybe, is AEW trios. Top Flight, Young Bucks, AR Fox, Kenny Omega, maybe, Visa Issues, all that sort of stuff. So we're going to start with that. We'll get to the bloodline. If you're here for the bloodline, I'm sorry. We'll get to it in a minute. But, Haley, I we didn't get a chance to talk about the Young Bucks versus Top Flight because no. Tech Talk did. Yeah, Tech Talk. We didn't do Tech Talk that week. So I need to know what you, th- well, I already know what you thought about it, but tell the people what you thought about Young Bucks Top Flight and sort of that surprise finish. Well, it wasn't a surprise to me. I figured they were going to win, but I feel oh, like a lot of people, a lot of people thought the Bucks were going to go over there. Um, mm-hmm. But I really enjoyed the match. It's my favorite in their trio of matches. I thought that they looked like stars out there, and I love seeing the Bucks um, kind of put over younger talent and mm-hmm. i think that they really needed the momentum so i really enjoyed the match and i can't wait to see what comes out of it we kind of know what's coming out of it we'll get there in a minute but what did you think about the match i really enjoyed it i really appreciate that darius martin uh has caught up to dante both in the mm-hmm. ring and in you know his relationship with the crowd because dante of course had a massive head start because darius was injured I really like the top flight as a unit has gotten over, and it's not just Dante. I really appreciate that. Um, 
And I, this match, of course, had special moments because of the, you know, the Jay Briscoe tribute by the Young Bucks. Um, not that AW could do a tribute. That's that's not the point of the show. I don't want to talk about Warner Brothers. Uh, I really did like the match. I think that Top Flight has really risen to the expectations that a lot of us had for them as sort of uh, handpicked by the Young Bucks, these Young Buck juniors. Uh, I really like that. And I like that we're going to move into trios because I uh, I think AR Fox, if you're okay with moving on and talking about trios, I think AR Fox is sort of really an underrated talent. Every time he's in an mm-hmm. AW ring, the crowd loves him. Um, and that's a credit to his talent, but also to his character. And I think back to, and I think I tweeted this. I don't remember what Q&A it was. It was one of those being the elite Q&As where it's all of them just being dumb. But someone had asked a question along the lines of, like, who on the indies do you want to see get their big break or get their moment, whatever? And Kenny Omega said AR Fox. So it's fine. It's Now he's finally getting his moment. And I'm really excited if Kenny Omega can solve his visa issues, I don't know what's going on with that. Uh, if that happens and at presumably Revolution, we get, you know, Top Flight and Air Fox versus the Elite. What an absolutely insane match that would be. Just probably like 20 minutes of nonstop running and jumping. And it, it would just be incredible. I'm excited for it. Before you give your thoughts, we have a super chat from our good friend Ryan. It's a dad joke. What lights up a wrestling ring? Well, I already saw it, so I don't know oh, why. I'm okay. <laughs> Pretend you didn't see it. Pretend you didn't. Okay. Um, I don't know what lights up a, li- a wrestling match. What do you think? Or a wrestling ring. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. I messed up the joke. I'm still logged into Streamyard so I can see everything. Let me just close. <laughs> Um, Haley still has her producer abilities, so she can see the super chats now. But that's fine. No, Uh, I turned it off. It's fine. She turns it off. Okay. Um, But just a reminder, guys, if you want your question, your dad joke, your comment, anything, right on air. If there's something you want us to talk about too, submit a super chat because we're just kind of this is such a super casual episode. Um, Just kind of catching up, doing a recap of everything we missed because, like we said, tag talk last week, there was no tag talk. So we have a few things to catch up on. But back to AW, back to trios. Haley, I need your thoughts. Because we haven't talked about this yet. Well, I really like AR Fox, first of all. Um, and I like seeing him do more in AW. It's kind of like the um, Action Andretti situation. I like that we're getting more of the, like, more variety on TV. Mm-hmm. Um. And I think that Top Flight and Air Fox are a really interesting trio. Um, not something that I would have like put together, but like seeing them together, it works. And I can't wait for the trios match. Like you said, um, I don't think they need to go longer than 20 minutes. I mm-hmm. think that they can fill in a lot in a small amount of time. And I think that it would be a match of the year contender for me personally. <laughs> I just want to say a little shout out to Jennifer. Uh, if you missed this interaction on Twitter, Tag Talk has a new tagline. Uh, it's too thick to sit. That is that is what Tag Talk is now. If you know, you know. If you know, you know. You had to be there. Um, but it really reminds me because back when Leo Rush was in AEW, I thought that that's what they were building towards, a trio of Top Flight and Leo Rush, especially when Darius came back. And that didn't happen, which is fine. But 
I'm super excited about this. I really like to see Top Flight in a position like this because I'm, well, one, I'm traumatized from Private Party because yeah. they beat the Young Bucks and then, you know, promptly disappeared off the face of the earth. And now they're in some weird, weird storyline with Matt Hardy, but that's fine. It'll be resolved soon. It's not even really about them. It's about Ethan Page and Matt Hardy, but that's okay. Um, so I hope that Top Flight really sticks it out and becomes you know, mainstays in the division. Uh, I don't think they're beating the elite. I think that spot's reserved for the House of Black. Um, but I don't know. I'm super into it. We got a super chat from our other good friend. We have lots of friends of Tag Talk. Jackie, he says, welcome back, ladies. Missed y'all last week. We missed you guys, too. Uh, we were really excited to do Tag Talk last week. But things get in the way. Mental health comes first. But now we get to do this super jam-packed episode of Tag Talk with you guys now. Uh, I had another thing I was going to say about Tough Life. I don't remember what it was. Uh-oh, not the brain car. Oh, I, I was going to make a point. Um, the last half of last year, so the last half of 2022, it really did feel like AEW was stuck in like a Chris Jericho, John Moxley cycle yeah. of these big stars like running the show. Which they kind of had to because everyone was injured and everyone's biting each other in the locker room and it's a, they're slapping each other. It's a whole thing. Um, but it really does feel like now AW has simmered down and focusing on the younger talent, getting in like the generations of pillars. MJF is world champion. He's doing things with that. That's okay. But before we do that, Jason says, can I get a happy birthday? And you most certainly can. Happy, happy birthday, birthday to you. Jason. We hope that what? your day is going well. Thank you for spending your birthday with us. We appreciate yeah. it. We hope you like the show. I hope. Now now the pressure's on. This is like his, this is Jason's birthday show. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> speaking of pillars, I wanted to try to transition into talk about Jungle Hook. Oh, okay. Uh, because... <laughs> A lot of people on Twitter are saying they don't understand Jungle Hook. And they are don't they? know why. Yes. They don't know why Jungle Boy and Hook are teaming. They don't know why Jungle Boy has moved from one tag team into another. They think that's like lazy and they just don't know what to do with Jungle Boy, so stick them with Hook. But I have a different perspective to offer. Jungle Hook, well, one, Jungle Hook appeals to the female demographic above basically anything else on the show. Women love Jungle Hook. Why? Well, they're, you know, young, good-looking guys, but also this is just the kind of thing that women enjoy watching. And that's not even an opinion. It's a fact. It's a fact. You can look at the numbers. Yeah. Brandon Thurston, Russell Nomics, ever heard of it? (laughs) (laughs) um, I think the... And it's just such an interesting dynamic in Jungle Hook. But I do think it's a little weird they advertise that one match as last or first match one first one what was it one time only one time only and now it isn't but they were a rating success so aw has to keep doing it but i think jungle boy and hook as jungle boy as the senior member of a tag team which i think he is you know inarguably the senior member of this tag team is really interesting and the cycle of aw's older and younger talent um goes on now jungle boy's in that mentor role with Hook, which I think is super, super cool. Because, well, one, I feel like he's probably traumatized from the Christian thing. 
but also when Christian comes back, it's going to be cool. If Jungle Hook is still together, I don't know if they will be. It'll be cool to see how that plays in. I don't know why what my computer is doing right now. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> just weird black screens. But I agree. I I love Jungle Hook. I don't care what people say. It's not for, if it's not for you, it's not for you. But I'm part of the female demographic, and you know what? It's for me. So. Tony Khan is doing this for us, okay? Not it you. for us. Uh, super, yeah. chat, super chat from Hala says, just some support. Missed you two last week. Also, shout out to Sammy and KO reuniting on the five-year anniversary of the Golden Lovers reunion. We missed you guys, too. Uh, speaking of Golden Lovers, uh, oh, no, I'll, I'll save that point for when we talk about the bloodline. Okay, because I, I know what you're going to say. You know exactly what I'm going to say. I really do think Hook and Jungle Boy have the potential to be, like, not, I don't want to say, like, the new acclaimed, but, like, in that spot where they're so over with fans, they can just do cool random stuff, and it'll always get good ratings, it'll always be over just because fans love them. And then, you know, the women are already on board. So I need all the, the you know, the people on Twitter who are like, why is Jungle Boy in another tag team? Didn't he leave Jurassic Express? Blah, blah, blah. Get over it. Just get over it. And you'll enjoy your wrestling a lot more. I agree. I have nothing else to add. Um, I also just, you mentioned Action Andretti. I just want to give a shout out to Ricky Starks and Action Andretti for beating up the JAS. Period. And you because know what? I like them as a team. I think that they looked really cohesive as a unit out there. I liked it. I think it's really remarkable um, what they're doing with Action Andretti because his first match where he beat Chris Jericho, they I think they've really, really capitalized on the buzz from that to yeah. get him over and keep him over, which I think AEW, in some circumstances, if someone's not you know, a mid-card or main event level star, when they debut, they kind of get lost in the shuffle and then they're brought back later. But Action Andretti has really stayed there. And I think this... Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then... Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Feud with Chris Jericho, especially for Ricky too. It's doing a lot for them because I think the JAS is now kind of 
I think the the turmoil is you know clear to fans to see, and I think Chris Jericho, especially fans, recognize that he's not Chris Jericho as he once was. Like this is a different version of Chris Jericho who's more easily defeated, more insecure, all those things. And you got Jake Hager, who they've decided that his character is now he has no no intelligence at all. Um, he is the hat. That is his character, which is fine. That's a good role for him because he needs something. Yeah, and it's better than nothing. It's better than nothing. I, I think back to when he was MMA, Jake Hager, and <laughs> they did that that one match, you remember? Um, let's not relive that. Let's move on. But, um, yeah, I think AW, I think it's really clear, especially for tag team, like the tag team division, they're doing a lot of work to really build that up. So I'm excited. Me too. And I feel like for a little bit, they kind of lost their way when trios was kind of getting introduced. Mm-hmm. The tag team division kind of took a back seat, but you know, everybody's kind of starting to slot into their places again and we're getting back to basics. I, and I'm really excited about it. Also, I, one other thing that I, kind of ridiculously loved so dynamite i think this was last week's dynamite uh the acclaimed in the gun club family therapy okay i think i should preface what i'm about to say by saying i'm not a big gun club fan i'm not a stan i think that there's like a lot of work they need to do i think they're i it is what it is but i love the acclaimed and i love daddy ass and i love everything they're doing I did think it was hilarious when one of the guns, don't know which one, accused the acclaim of stealing their dad. I yeah. to get over. I thought that it was, was absolutely second right to the acclaimed. <laughs> love it. I I loved everything about this family therapy segment. It's exactly the kind of goofy thing that you know, people, the detractors who are saying, oh, why would you have the acclaimed who are so over? Why would they be with the gun club? They need to be wrestling, you know, the FTRs of the world and, you know, the main event AW tag teams. I think, <laughs> I think this is exactly the kind of goofy comic relief that this feud really needed. Uh, and I think it, the inability of the gun club to get sympathy for having their dad stolen in the, <laughs> I think that is incredible. It really speaks to how much people will support the acclaimed. Like, we see nothing. Like, they do whatever they want. They do nothing wrong. wrong. And I love it. I hope, and I'm like, fingers crossed, like, I hope that daddy ass never turns his back on the acclaimed. I really, and I know that's probably where the story is going. And I know that it's probably naive of me, but like, why can't everyone just be friends? <laughs> but, like, the custody of daddy ass match, like... <laughs> daddy ass on a pole? <laughs> oh, my God. There's like, it's like a briefcase inside of it is, like, daddy ass's birth certificate. Like a security card. Whoever wins it gets daddy ass. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I think There's so many on- possibilities. And I don't think, and I understand that, you know, the acclaimed are the world tag team champions. They should be doing serious stuff, having good matches, blah, blah, blah. But I think the acclaimed are first and foremost goofy. And I think they're funny. And I think people need to stop trying to treat the acclaimed like they're FTR. 
like there's two different things here, two different approaches, two different forms of entertainment. So stop watching the acclaimed and expecting like this, expecting like you're watching Olympic wrestling because that's not what yeah, the acclaimed are. The acclaimed have never been that. Their, their catchphrase is literally scissor me daddy ass. They have never, ever, ever been a serious act. And doing goofy things, I don't care that they're world tag team champions. This is going to keep them over. I'm sorry. No, it's true. Um, and I think the acclaimed, they know that. They know their audience. They're mm-hmm. not stupid. Um, but, you know, to your point about, like, the FTR stuff, I don't, I don't think that it's fair to compare them. But I do think that the acclaimed, like, when it comes down to it, like, it's not like in ring they're a comedy act, you know? Like, they mm-hmm. they put on great matches, and people love the acclaimed. Everybody loves the acclaimed. <laughs> and I I think the in-ring stuff the acclaimed does is super underrated. I think they've improved a lot in AEW, especially Max Caster, because when the acclaimed first started, Anthony Bowens was kind of the in-ring guy. He was, he's super, super talented, still is. And when he was injured, Max Caster really had to step up, kind of like top flight. And I think they've really found a dynamic that works for them. I love the acclaimed. I should have worn my uh, Scissor Me Daddy Ass shirt. I'm wearing my Forbidden Door shirt, which uh, I don't care what anyone says is the best pay-per-view of the last two years. So Not the Rumble? No. <laughs> <laughs> no one knows what we're talking, talking about. That's okay. <laughs> You don't need to know what we're talking about. That's fine. Um, but I also, I wanted to kind of briefly touch on this. There is a man screaming outside my house for his dog. So if you hear I him screaming, him if you hear him, I'm very, very sorry. Uh, there's nothing I can do. He, it's, It is what it is. But so Darby Allen wrestled Buddy Matthews on mm-hmm. AW Dynamite. And Buddy Matthews, I think, had a good in-ring showing. A lot of people are saying he's not as good as he was in WWE because he's he's bigger and he's not doing 205 Live flippy stuff. Boo-hoo. But, yeah, boo-hoo. <laughs> but I kind of, I wanted to, and maybe this is me, like, fantasy booking, but what, like, in terms of the House of Black, what are we doing? Like, and I say, I know that comes across as negative, but with Kenny Omega being out with his visa issue and Buddy Matthews doing the singles match, like, do you think that's still the direction and the goal for House of Black? Or do you think they've pushed that? Like, what do you, where are you at with that? Yeah. Um, I, I think that it's still a possibility. Um, I mean, I don't know what the backstage is like and, Kenny situation, um, if they have that figured out or like a time frame on any of that. Um, but I would like to see them still go after the trios titles, but I do think the direction is a bit odd. Um, I was under the assumption, well, maybe not under the assumption, but when the House of Black um, came back, I was like, this is it. Like, they are going to be at the top of the tag division. Like, they need to be going after titles. Um, And I just kind of assumed that's how that was going to go. It's been a little wishy-washy so far. Um, I think that they look great. I think that Julia, um, in particular, is a standout. And I think that this singles match with Buddy 
um, was great. And I think a lot of people want to see more singles with Buddy um, now more than ever. So, I mean, that's great for him. But I do hope that the plan is still trios. Yeah, and they've been doing that stuff um, with Eddie Kingston and Ortiz. Mm -hmm. And then it was Eddie Kingston versus Ortiz, which the story there is is a little strange to me, at least. But I don't know. Buddy Matthews doing single stuff is cool, but I think this, if they're not going to go immediately into trios, which I've always said they should push House of Black versus the Elite to Double or Nothing, because I feel like Double or Nothing should be their WrestleMania, and that'd be great for that. Um, But Malachi Black doing single stuff. I think Malachi Black has been in AEW long enough that we should have more, more matches in his, you know, portfolio, more like marquee matches. And Malachi and Eddie Kingston kind of had an interesting dynamic, and I want to explore that more. And I don't, I don't, I don't want Eddie Kingston to form a trio. I mean, the the when he was it, like a long time ago when he first came to AW and he was a heel and he had his what do you call it like Eddie Kingston's family like the family thing mm-hmm. that was fun. Um, I would love to see Butcher and the Blade doing something, but I don't know. I like I. I was so gung-ho. I was like, okay, at Revolution, it's going to be House of Black versus the Elite, blah, blah, blah. But now I'm like, okay, but like singles, Malachi Black. Malachi Black versus Darby for the TNT title. Yeah, and I think in the meantime, like having them go after, um, go into like big, meaningful singles matches for them um, is going to do a lot heading into a trios match with the Elite, so... I 100% agree. I also agree with this. Butcher Blade, Bunny Kip, and Penelope in a faction. Yes. And I don't know because Butcher and the Yeah, Butcher and the Blade had that promo like a few weeks ago. And they haven't been on TV since. And you know, Kip did the Kip wore a box on his head for like a year. Yeah. And he wore it, he, I kid you not, he wore it in meet and greets, would say nothing, and would just write, like, life advice on a paper and give it to you. Like, I have several with the box on his head. <laughs> yeah, with a box on his head. And so, I feel like Kip is owed something. Yeah. And, I don't know, Pen- Penelope's been kind of kicked out of the women's blood and guts situation, the homegrown versus originals, which, that's not confirmed it's blood and guts, but I hope it is. She's been kind of kicked out. So is the bunny. They've been replaced, which is kind of dumb, but that's fine. But I would love Butcher Blade and Kip as a trios. That'd be kind of fun. Yeah, and I like the idea of not like gimmicky trios, but like, I guess like kind of gimmicky trios. I just think it's <laughs> interesting, more interesting, like pairing like a trio like that up with like the elite or like, best friends or like something like that you know like I just I think it's very intriguing oh like trios that have like really strong characters you mean yeah oh I get it like House of Black (laughs) yeah I mean I love can I just say I love that AW built this trios division and then it very quickly fell apart it really did like Death Triangle is kind of they lost the titles and they've been kind of MIA I don't know why, because I thought they were going to set up uh, Ray versus Pac, but it didn't happen. Um, House of Black is still there. 
Uh, Aussie Open is not there. The Elite is still there. Maybe if Kenny Omega's visa issues are solved. Can you imagine if Kenny Omega gets deported? He just never comes back. Oh my god. Just never comes back. They like zoom him in from Canada. They like film his matches in a ring in Canada in like the middle of a field. Well, I mean, at least he wouldn't miss the Canada show. Oh, it's in his hometown. Yeah. That's the only time he shows up because because he can wrestle. Oh my god! They're like, we got to go to Winnipeg because we got to get a Kenny segment in. They and just start up and a bunch of Canadian shows. Like, all, of a, all of a sudden, like Winnipeg is the new Chicago. Like they're doing all these shows in Winnipeg just to get Kenny on the show. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I do have to figure it out. Like. I will personally call the president myself and get it sorted out. I will call Joe Biden. I'll probably get arrested for it, but I will do it because Kenny Omega, he wins the trio titles and then he's like, poof, gone. What the Every single time they win the trio, it's, it's like cursed. The trio titles are cursed, cursed. I think. They're not, they're I'm destined so to never. Titles. <laughs> and I. <laughs> Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said done it's honestly horrific <laughs> but i think we covered all aew news i don't think i can think of anything tag team related that we missed we got everything from the past couple weeks okay so now it's royal rumble time it's royal rumble time uh, i have opinions on everything that happened on this show but uh, we can't, we can't, because people will say that I'm an AEW shill and that I, I'm un, unduly criticizing. But the Bloodline story is near, near perfect. Granted, they booked themselves into the tightest corner in probably WWE history. There's like zero margin for error with the story, but this Royal Rumble angle was incredible so i'm pretty sure most people have seen it by now if you yeah. haven't seen it i'll run Please. it down for you basically the bloodline and with Sami Zayn and kevin owens have been feuding uh for a long time like a couple of months but basically um kevin owens lost to Roman Reigns. They did a beatdown angle. It's the bloodline. They do beatdown angles all the time. Sami Zayn eventually hits Roman with the chair in Seth Rollins style on the back. Very shield-esque. Very shield-esque. PTSD um, in Roman's eyes was real. <laughs> yeah, Roman was like, oh no, he's like having flashbacks. And then interestingly, Jay Uso is kind of like... I'm I'm not gonna side with Roman, which I think people expect him to, but there's always been that tension with Roman with Jay. And he walks out. So now the bloodline is Roman solo, Paul Heyman, and Jimmy Uso. 
Just the just the one oos. <laughs> just the one. Um no. I thought this was really, really interesting. And but I do my only problem with it, um, with Sammy turning on Roman and not the other way around, especially with Cody winning the rumble, which I was against from the start. The moment I <clears throat> I don't want to dwell on the rumble. But now with Cody there, the situation is kind of weird. And they really have to tread carefully not to mess this up. But Jay Uso being taken out of the bloodline or taking himself out of the bloodline. I don't know where they're going with this. Are we doing Uso versus Uso like Jimmy versus Jay? Are we doing a tag team situation? Is it Jay versus Roman? Like, I don't I don't know what's happening. So I think what's interesting is um, we have to go back and remember how the whole bloodline story started and um, Roman's match with Jimmy. And the only reason that Jay had joined the bloodline was because he really didn't have a choice. He was forced to um, because he didn't want his brother to get injured. So I feel like Jay has always kind of had that, like, you know, I don't want to be here. I'm forced to be here attitude about the bloodline. Mm-hmm. And Sammy mm-hmm. comes in and he's so like gung-ho about the situation. Like he wants to be part of the bloodline. Like he wants to be part of this family. And Jay, at first, I feel like, you know, there was tension between them. And he was like, not really that accepting. But I feel like it was mostly because like, he didn't want Sammy to get in a position that he was in, you know? But I feel like when Sammy turned on Roman, Jay started feeling like, damn, this is something that I should have done like two years ago that I didn't get the opportunity to, opportunity to do. And so, like, it just brought a lot of emotions out of him. Yeah, I thought it was really interesting. And I said this on Twitter, but to me, the Bloodline story has never been about Roman. It's not about Roman being double champ. Like, that's just part of the story. The Bloodline story is about everybody else. It's not about Roman. Um, If you, like, think back to every little new advancement in the story, it's everybody else who is changing and evolving, not Roman. So... I think this step for Sammy and for Jay, it's really, really interesting. I think going into WrestleMania, I guess because Cody won the Rumble, I guess it's a given it's going to be Cody versus Roman. But I'm not a fan of doing Roman Reigns both nights for especially, okay, if you do Cody night one, then whoever wrestles, I guess it would be Sammy. Night two, like if they beat Roman, they're beating like a weaker version of Roman. And that kind of taints the story for me. And I think splitting the titles when Roman's whole thing has been like, you know, if you're going to beat me, like you need to beat me for both titles. Like I, we're not going to split titles. Um, I feel like it would be kind of pointless to split. Um, and I think obviously the match is Cody Roman. And I think that it would mean more for Cody as a face to win both titles. Um, Mm -hmm. But I feel like if they do Usos um, versus uh, Sammy and KO, that would maybe, you know, level it out a bit. Especially if, because I'm assuming that Sammy is probably going to get a match at Elimination Chamber um, versus Roman. 
um, obviously he's going to lose that. So it's a matter of, to me, is Jay going to turn on Sammy mm-hmm. and cost him the match? Yeah, it's like a weird situation because I think Cody challenging at WrestleMania, I think he's going to challenge for one one title and that's yeah. where they'll split because, you know, Triple H inherited this story. So, you know, I, I don't know where Vince McMahon intended for this to go, but I do think Triple H should have split the titles by now. Like, it's ridiculous at this point. But now you're in a spot, okay, you have to do Roman versus Cody. Because there's no way Roman can lose, no way you can split the belts and have Roman lose both belts before WrestleMania. It's not happening. So I think Jay Uso saying, I'm not part of the bloodline anymore and walking out of the ring, uh, what are we going to do with the Usos as a tag team? Was this for show to lure Sammy into like a sense of false security, which I could see, but also they could have just beat down Sammy. And that was that. Like, the mind games weren't really necessary. But then again, it's Paul Heyman, so. Uh, and KO being there is also really interesting. I I almost want Sammy versus KO. And then we can get a reunion, you know, kind of Golden Lover style. Where Sammy and KO have had this long, this long journey. They've been kind of, like, lost in the shuffle. I think that would be really interesting. Uh, Solo Sokoa is just kind of, I don't know what you do with Solo Sokoa. He's just there. He's, he's just there. I don't know. What What do you do with Solo? Do you do Solo and Jimmy Uso as the new Usos? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, it's because the Usos have both tag belts. So, yeah. like, that's your whole tag division. I mean, New Day are mm-hmm. NXT tag champs, but that's that's its own thing. So, like, Jay Uso, does he refuse to defend the titles? Like, do maybe that's how you split the tag belts. Maybe Jay Uso refuses to show up for a tag team title defense and Jimmy loses. And then you could build Roman Reigns would obviously be very mad at that. You could build Jay Roman off the backs of that. And maybe it's not Sammy Roman we're going for. It's Jay Roman. Yeah, I've always thought that, like, because, like I said, like, the original story was jay roman before sammy got introduced so i feel like if we do the tag titles and we put the titles on ko and sammy but then we build that feud with roman and jay like that's the ultimate payoff you know yeah i think i think a lot of people have forgotten how good jay uso was in that roman feud and i think for automatically assuming that Sammy is going to dethrone Roman, which he's not because now Cody's there, but that's okay. Um, I don't know. Like, I've never been more confused because to me, and maybe, you know, I'm not Triple H, so I don't know what he has planned. Roman should have, the belt should have been split by now. And the Usos belts. But now because you have all, you have all these belts involved and the Royal Rumble winner in a long-term story with Jay and Roman, and Paul Heyman, and Kevin Owens, it's like, I don't know where they're going with this. Well, do you think that we get a draft post-Mania to split? I mean, if I'm Triple H, <laughs> I would... What are you going to do? 
Well, yeah, and if I'm Triple H, I would want to do that because I think, well, one, you need to fix the women's division on SmackDown. And two, I think there's like, I think there's a lot more he could do if he could pick where everyone is. But then, I don't know, because there's all these rumors like Roman's going to Hollywood. That's why he's doing this. And also, The Rock? I don't think The Rock is going to be at WrestleMania, but like he's looming. So he's there. Like he is he bloodline? Is he not bloodline? Now Nia Jax is here. Is Nia Jax in the bloodline? <laughs> we did get that picture backstage with Oh someone. no. If Nia Jax gets in the bloodline before Naomi, I'm <laughs> we're gonna have a <laughs> uh, we have a super chat from our friend Kyle. Happy Monday, friends. Hope you both had a great week. Happy Monday. I did have a great week. I'm super excited to be here talking the bloodline. Um, there's a lot of good ideas in the chat about how you sort of cope with so many people being uh, wrapped up in this bloodline story. Even if they're not in the bloodline, bring back Mixed Match Challenge and Solo and Naya team up. Joel, do not, don't do that, Joel. <laughs> Why? If Nia Jax is in the bloodline, I don't know what I'll do with myself. That would ruin the whole story for me. He wasn't. Uh, what if Nia what if it's just Roman versus Nia? Place? Stop. Nia just takes Roman's place? <laughs> Absolutely not. We need to not. Nia, Nia versus Roman for custody of the bloodline? <laughs> <laughs> not the custody matches. Oh my god, I think we're on to something. I'm scared. <laughs> it's the fact that, like, that's a possibility, like, something that could happen that, like, WWE would do. That <laughs> I, we have to move on from Nia Jax before we manifest it into existence because now, now I can stop thinking about Mixed Mask Challenge with Solo and Nia, Joel. It's, it would be like, like Dominic Mysterio and Rhea Ripley. Like, that would be the energy. It would just, it would be phrase be the, I don't know. Did anybody have a good catchphrase? So someone think of a a catchphrase and put it in the chat. Yeah. Um, but back, back to Roman Reigns, do you kind of get this back on the track? Um, I don't know because. You would want Cody Rhodes to win both belts and Cody be the one to split it, maybe. Because then you can protect Roman Reigns's I'm the the undisputed universal champion, whatever, whatever his little title is. Um but I don't know if you can do it now. Like, and I I was um Will Washington had posted something about this and SB3 had responded, like, it's gonna be so convoluted. Um but, like, I feel like at this point it has to be convoluted. Like, any solution you come up with to get Roman out of this tight spot, protect Cody, protect Sammy, protect Jay, protect Roman, and Kevin Owens, any solution you come up with, it's going to have to be convoluted. Like, there's no there's no way you can do this clean and not have someone look like an idiot. No, I agree. Um, and I think... Like you said, Triple H is in a tough spot because he inherited this. Like, this isn't a story that he started. So whatever was the end game before, um, 
obviously probably isn't necessarily what it is now. Um, so I think I think the next few weeks and months are going to be really interesting in terms of the borderline. Yeah, and I really am enjoying the story. You know, some people are saying this is this is the greatest story, you know, in all of wrestling of all time. And let's let's be, let's be a little bit for real for a second, guys. Okay, maybe for WWE. Maybe for WWE, it's the best story since the Attitude Era. I would say Vince McMahon and Stone Cold Steve Austin, that was a great story. I think the Yes movement kind of rivals it a little bit for different reasons, but I think it's up there. Um, But let's bring it back down to earth and recognize there's been a lot of booking problems with this story. And, What's like, how can we say that when, like, the Golden Lovers exist, you know? Like, the yeah, someone story, that layered storytelling. Yeah, going back to my point earlier, the Golden Lovers is a long-term story that is still going on. And it's still coming up in interviews and little storytelling moments and all this sort of stuff. And it's defined the career of Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi. So... I think I think it's I would rank the Golden Lover story above the Bloodline story, just because of the sheer impact it's had. Like if there's no Golden Lovers, there's no Kenny Omega Best Bout Machine, there's no AEW. It's the same way you know people are like Finn Balor founded AEW because <laughs> he founded the Bullet Club, which you know got the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega up, and that is why they founded AEW. Um, but I, I, I don't think that takes anything away from the story for me. No, I don't think it takes anything away from the bloodline either. Like you said, it's kind of just in its own lane. Um, it is the best thing that WWE has had in years. Um, (laughs) and you know, we can't take away from that. I enjoy the bloodline. I really do too. And I, I'm going to tread carefully here. <laughs> I was I was excited for the Royal Rumble as Triple H's first, like, mm-hmm. his first Royal Rumble, but his first, like, legit pay-per-view that he's booking on his own. I was disappointed. Sorry, not sorry. Uh, so now I'm worried about how he's going to book out of this because if you, anybody, thinks back to Triple H and NXT, there were some big stories that were a little bit fumbled. And WWE cannot fumble this story. There's just no way. Not um, with all of these heavy hitters involved. Absolutely. Now when you put like your all your eggs in a basket, even non-bloodline eggs. Yeah. Like this is Cody, <laughs> Cody like, KO. Like. Oh. And so and so now it's and and Nia Jax and Tamina, the blood and Tomatonga. If Tomatonga, if Tomatonga goes to WWE. Put him in the bloodline. Just do it. But anyway, back to Triple H. I was disappointed in the Royal Rumble. Um, As a pay-per-view, I thought Rhea Ripley should have won the Rumble. And I'm glad she did. I think Rhea Ripley is like the the next big star for the women's division. Fingers crossed, at least. Um, But I do think if you look at Triple H on the main roster, there's some glaring negatives especially with talent he's brought back and like kind of fumbled 
Like Bray Wyatt has been fumbled. Uh, whether that's Bray Wyatt's fault or Triple H's fault, I don't know. But objectively, it's been bad. And the Elias stuff. And yeah, Thunder. yeah. And so the bloodline Triple H inherited. So I'm not giving Triple H credit for the bloodline until WrestleMania. I need to see how Triple H. I'm I'm serious. I need to no, see I how don't. Triple H how he was how he wraps the story up. I don't think Bloodline is done at WrestleMania, but I think this is like this chapter's closed, next chapter open. I need to see what he does because <clears throat> so far I have been very, very weary of Triple H's management of the Bloodline. I think the people in the Bloodline are doing all the work here. I don't think we should give Triple H credit for that. Well, it's definitely they're doing the heavy lifting, especially Roman. Oh. Shout out to Roman. What a career renaissance this what man is having. I mean, I remember the time when, like, he won the title for the first time and everybody was like, this dude sucks. Like, he shouldn't hold a title, like, a world title. Like, boo Roman. And, like, now look at him, you know? He really rose from the ashes. <laughs> like, he, you know what? He really, shout, you know, shout out to Roman. Shout out to Paul Heyman, too. Paul Heyman's doing a lot of Paul great Heyman work. Paul Heyman does Roman. not get as much credit as he should. I feel like everybody always overlooks Paul Heyman, but you know what? And they, they do because he's just a voice and he doesn't wrestle. But you know what? He fits into a lot of molds. And I'm just glad Paul Heyman, Brock Lesnar wasn't the end of Paul Heyman. Speaking of Brock Lesnar, <laughs> I just I just want to say I'm so glad he didn't win the Rumble. When he got thrown out, I was my jaw was on the floor. <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh man, WWE. His music hit. I was like, oh no, he was surprised. <laughs> and I was like, oh please no. Also, why was this is nothing to do with tag team wrestling, but I have to bring it up. Why was Cody number thirty? It wasn't a surprise. No, it was built up for weeks. Like, I feel like he should have been brought in way earlier than he was, but you know yeah. what. <laughs> Whatever. It is what it is. As for the rest of the Royal Rumble, it was pretty blah. Um, pretty meh. I think we can all agree. The Bloodline story is carrying WWE for the most part now, which is mega scary because <clears throat> Triple H is now like walking a very, very fine line between like this great success that will define the careers of everyone involved, including Triple H, or an abject failure that will be ridiculed and criticized for like 60 Ever. years. <laughs> yeah. This that would be if if Triple H messes up the bloodline, that would be like Vince McMahon messing up the invasion angle. Yeah. It would be that bad for him. So I'm not gonna say what just popped into my head. I will tell you after the show. But I did want to say, um, because we were just talking about like the men and women's Royal Rumble matches. I wanted to say shout out to Michelle McCool. I oh. loved her little entrance that she did in her Ugg boots. Dripped out in chrome hearts. I just, I love Michelle McCool. I love seeing her in normal matches. Also, Chelsea Green debuts with a Karen character. And she's and out in like three seconds. Crazy. Absolutely ridiculous. Triple H. We need to have a sit down. Because that was ridiculous. I hated everything about that. We need Billy Kay back. I, and I tweeted that. Billy Kay was tailor-made to be a Karen. Why isn't it Billy Kay? Or like Billy and Chelsea as a team. Yeah. 
I thought that they were going to put Chelsea in with Toxic Attraction. But then they didn't. Now she's a Karen. And she's, like, doing promos backstage saying that she's, like, reporting everyone. Chelsea <laughs> <laughs> like, for getting her bag, though, you know? Yeah, that. go get paid. Um, but, like, with a women's division in WWE that's this sparse of, like, actually good wrestlers, you bring back Nia Jax and then have Chelsea Green be a Karen? I hope that Nia was just, like, a one-off thing, but I really... I don't think it's it not. Was. She's merch. She she's merch. Uh, <laughs> she's back. Like, Triple H was like, I need to bring back everyone just to stick it to the man. And he's like carrying cross and Nia Jax. <laughs> I can't. Uh, All right. Well, Haley, do your plugs. <laughs> All right. Well, well in your final thoughts. Um, my final thoughts. Um. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't okay, know. My brain is empty. Um, but you guys can follow me on Twitter at Helian. This this new side is like messed up. But you can follow me on Twitter at Helian underscore. Um, I have a Substack. You guys can subscribe to it. it's free. It's called Wrestling News. It's linked on my Twitter. Um, yeah. Anything else? You know, you can always check out my Twitter for podcasts or appearances or whatever else I'm doing. My final thoughts, the, the bloodline is incredible and is literally the blood of WWE. Like, that, that's their, that's what they got. Um, and also next Royal Rumble, let's get more legends in, uh, more female legends maybe. Uh, we had the Raw anniversary with, like, no no one. And then Royal Rumble, there was, like, Michelle Where McCoy. were the Bella Twins? Yeah, where and- were the Bellas? <laughs> Weird how that happened. <laughs> Anyway, you can follow me on Twitter at Fuller underscore Kylie. I post everything I'm doing there. Um, you can watch Tag Talk every Monday at 3 p.m. on Fightful Overbooked. If we're not going to do a show, we'll probably put it on Twitter, so make sure you follow us. Um, also follow at Romantic Wrestle. That is Romanticized Wrestling. That's a passion project of me, Haley, and our friend Kyle. Kyle and I just did an episode Uh sort of predicting and making pitches and things like that for Ring of Honor for 2023 because Ring of Honor is doing stuff and you should be involved. So that is on Romanticized Wrestling's YouTube. Subscribe to that. Go watch that video. Um, We're going to be putting together a Jay Briscoe tribute soon. Um, So if you want, you can go to my Twitter. You can tag me in tweets about Jay Briscoe, your favorite Jay Briscoe, matches, moments, all that sort of stuff. And we'll talk about it on our tribute. Um, we wanted to give it time to breathe before we did that. Um, oh, Fightful Overbooked. This is Fightful Overbooked. It's a great channel with lots of great people on it, including me and Haley. Uh, and Joel Pearl, if he's if he's still, he's still here. I don't know where he's at. Um, subscribe to Fightful Overbooked. If you're watching this after we go live, like this video, comment below. I'm still interested in what you have to say, so let me know. Um, and go watch the other shows on Fightful Overbooked. There's even non-wrestling stuff on Fightful Overbooked. So and there's, there's a lot of new stuff coming out too. So stay tuned. For yeah, that. Indeed um, is coming here with um, Mike from Indeed on Twitter. Um, we love Mike. Uh, I don't know when his show airs. I forgot, but definitely stay tuned for that. Go go, go follow Mike, Mike Mike from Indeed on Twitter. Um, and if you're into indie wrestling. I am not the indie expert, but they are. So go check that out. Yeah. Um, 
uh, yeah, I think I think I covered all the bases. I think I did all the plugs. I think I did all the things. So, uh, all that being said, thank you guys for coming and seeing our recap episode. I think we covered a lot of ground. We did, had a lot of fun doing this with you guys. You guys were great in the chat. And we'll see you guys next week. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.